Be Christ Church. Impact the valley. Reach the world. All for the glory of King Jesus. Welcome to the North Roanoke Podcast. Today, our missions and community pastor, Hope Marquez, will be opening God's word for us. Our prayer is that you will encounter the living Lord as you hear his word proclaimed. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, for uh, letting me preach today. I talked to several church members this morning, and I told them that I will be preaching about Jesus, and then I will be mentioning some names, but I was lying. (laughs) I will be uh, trying to deliver the Word of God because Jesus is enough for us to learn and um, to be holy like he is. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for taking us to the very throne of God. Um, in the Hispanic world, we used to say, please, grab your Bibles. But I think these days, uh, I should say, please, grab your phones. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be reading Isaiah, Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. And the Word of God says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with the smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Let's go to the Lord. Father, thank you for this beautiful passage in the Bible where we're going to find out that it's your presence that we need today and for 2022. So, Father, Let us have clean eyes to see you, and let us have a good heart to give everything what you want us to teach us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I would like to start saying that uh, I was praying for several months, like uh, what Northern Baptist Church needs, what we need this upcoming 2022 year. And um, since 2020, we all were challenged in many different ways. And this year, 
it won't be different. We're going to have a lot of challenges, and we need something. We need something that will hold us together as a persons, as a families, as a marriages, as a, as a church to overcome all of these challenges. While I was praying, I clearly heard the word uh, of God saying, it's my presence. It's my presence. What we need this upcoming year is the very presence of a living God. And that's enough. It's enough. His presence is enough. Yeah, you may have some money in the bank. If you have some extra, you can share with me if you want. <laughs> I, I always do crazy uh, things for the Lord. Yesterday, I drove to uh, Harrisonburg because when I went to visit uh, Ethan and the kids a week ago, they, I found out that in the same place, they had some refugees for, from Afghanistan. So you and I provide some winter coats. I have some pictures of that. Um, we provide some bicycles, some uh, other stuff that they were needing. So yeah, if you have some extra money, put it on their missions. I use it. But if you have the presence of God, and I think you do, share it with the others. That's more powerful. Please allow me to say that King Uzziah is a symbol. Remember that Uzziah beginning was great. He was fearing the Lord. He saw the Lord. His kingdom was great because he was walking under God's presence. But something happened in his life. Something had become wicked in his life. And he changed God's presence for earthly things. And he became he had become evil, and he walked away from God, and God stopped him, blessing him. Uzziah started it good, but the very moment he allowed his flesh taking control of him, Satan had a wide open door to destroy him from the inside. That's all he takes. That's all he takes. When we take our sight out of his wonderful, beautiful presence, Satan will do the rest. When we hold any part of our lives back from God, that right there is an entry of point for Satan. The enemy will come and get a toehold, gain a foothold, and he will develop everything in a stronghold. Some church members, some friends, they called me and they asked, why am I in this mess? And I have to ask, when was the last time you went to the very presence of God and pray and, and read the word of God? Well, can't recall that. Uzziah could be something or someone because it represents anything or anyone which keeps you away from God. Before Isaiah could have a clear picture of God, Isaiah had to die. And I don't know about you guys, but on my behalf, I'm telling you, many different Isaiahs 
in my soul. Not one, not two. Some guy came, some lady came to my wife many years ago and asked her, do you have any problem with that, with that beautiful man of God, of, uh, uh, your husband? <laughs> she looked at her and she's like, uh, are you talking about hope? <laughs> yes, that holy man. My wife kept silence and she's like, I have some issues. <laughs> the, truth, the truth is not a few issues, a lot of our issues. Paul in Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 tells us, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Do you have anything or anyone in your life which Isaiah symbolizes? I will share with you, kids. I hope can, you can remember this little story. When I was getting closer to Jesus, I had a friend. His name was Miguel. Miguel was representing Josiah. Every time I was getting closer to the church, I doing something for the Lord because since I uh, uh, met Jesus Christ, I was doing something with my youth pastor in the real world, you know, going out and preaching the word of God. When I was doing that, Miguel was calling me. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing something for my church. And Miguel will say, why don't you come over? So every time I was with Miguel, he would try to pull me out of God's perfect will. Some of us, we may have some Miguel in our lives that we need to get rid of. It could be a possession, a person, a hobby, maybe some priorities in the wrong way, attitudes, or some other things. What is needed to die today in order for you and I to see God's presence. The days which will change the world will be the days when a small group of God's redeemed people puts the death our own personal Usaias. It's only in this death that we have the opportunity to see God. It's only in his death and the renewed vision of God that we can hear, sense, and know him deeper and better. Friends, that's all we need. Yes, we may need some shots for the ones that they're going to be traveling, working with being exposure to the people. But I'm not talking about, you know, the COVID-19 uh, vaccine. I'm talking about the spiritual shots we're needing in our hearts. When the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us and we're ready to face the diseases of the world. That's what I'm here for. To tell you that the presence of God is all we need. From verse 1 to verse 4, this is the first thing I see. That we find revival in the presence of God. This is what I see. I don't know if Mexicans will see something different when we read the Bible. But I see five things in these four verses. 
God is a living God. Amen? Come on, church. You can do better than that. We're talking about a living God, not a God that we have created. He created us. That's the whole thing of, of Psalms. He's God. And we are the, his creation. Number two, God reigns in his throne. God reigns above the universe. God is all powerful. God is full of splendor. He's awesome. Please, Paul, don't stop reminding us that God is awesome. God is holy. Holy, holy, holy. God is glorious. When Isaiah saw God, his life changed dramatically. Isaiah, as a prophet of God, he knew that he was not worthy to be in the very presence of God. He knew his evil tongue. By the way, if you have some tongue issues, read James chapter 3. Mm. That will show you some good things about keep, keeping our tongue under his management. He as a prophet, Isaiah, he understood that he was not good enough to be in the very presence of God. But what happened? What had happened with Isaiah? A vision of God changed his life. I don't want to be mystic. By the way, you don't know this, but among the staff, and don't tell him that. Don't ask him that. Ask them that. But among the staff people, I am the Bapticostal preacher. <laughs> I am more mystic that, than them. I don't know why is that. And I don't want to be mystic about the presence of God. I'm serious about the presence of God. When we come together, his promise was when we are together, two or three in his name, the promise was, I'll be in the midst of them. Sometimes we forget about that. We should not forget about that when we walk in the presence of God, even when we're going to have struggles with our own flesh, with some other issues, he will prevail. In salvation, he reveals himself. In time of crisis, he does the same. In times of need, he reveals himself to us that we may know him. He's always, always, always after you and after me. Don't forget about that. A friend of mine called me the other day and said, I was forgotten by God. How comes? I don't feel God. Even when you don't feel God, that, that, that does not mean that God is not with you and for you. He's with you. He's for you. Now, can you remember when you were saved? Can you remember that very day when you were uh, looking at him as he is glorious, wonderful, awesome, and you were changed? Do you remember that day? 
a moment when you see a glimpse of God is a moment when you, your life goes to the level of God looking for his presence. Now, I need to be honest with you. Sometimes our perspective needs to be changed about who God is. When we get something from God, your perspective will be changed. Sometimes I have to stop everything and ask myself, am I walking like in the very presence of God? Am I looking at God the way I should be looking at him? To change our world means to change our perspective of he who is. When we have some issues in our lives, we have to stop. Most of the time, we don't do that. We keep going on and on after our own sinful thoughts, our own sinful fears, and we make it a bigger mess. It's not any longer about me, but it becomes all about him. To change everything in our lives, in our families, we need to stop and ask God, God, there is anything where I have been changing in the last few months, years, because sometimes it takes only a little, little space to Satan to get into your lives. And it happens in personal lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our churches, even in countries. What I mean by this, when Satan tries to make us change your mind, he will go after our flesh. If we allowed Satan to drive our lives by our flesh, I'm telling you, that's a big mess. That's a big, big mess. Do you know how many broken people I do know? A lot. Not only in the streets, in churches. Sometimes we're so shy to ask for help. Do you need some prayer? We're waiting for you here. Hey, guys, come closer. Let's pray together. I don't want to know. I don't want to let know anybody that I'm broken. We all are broken in a sense. Guys, church is not full of perfect people in the way that we don't commit any mistake. It's full of people who wants to be better by the power of Jesus. Amen? That's why we're here today. Seeing him will change my definition, my definition of power. He is the king. He reigns. He rules over the universe. It should and will change even my definition of worship. I have nothing to say about you guys. Except the drummer guy. What is that? You and I, we need to talk after church, privately. That's the only guy that I need to talk with. The other guys are just okay. But when I see God, when I have an encounter with God, when I see his glory, my definition of worship should be changed. 
Why is that? When I see him, when I come to worship him, I'd rather be careful saying, I didn't like that. I didn't like that hymn. I didn't like that. Because you are not singing for the choir, amigos. When you sing, you sing for an audience of one. And that's God. You don't please Brother Paul when you sing loud. And he feels like, oh, that was a great service. No. I don't sing loud because I want to be listened by Paul because I want to be singing in the choir, in the worship team. I'm not sending the message to Paul, hey, listen, my boys. I can't make the people cry. Oh, who was that? Oh, come over. You sing awesome. Oh, thank you. I was just waiting that moment. I see many different churches, worship teams, Worshiping themselves just because they play great music. Great music is not real worship. Am I right when Jesus was asking about the real worshipers worship in spirit and also in truth, right? Real worship comes from the heart our heart to his heart. When we pray, we pray to the hearer of one. Also, when I am in the presence of God, my definition of holiness needs to be changed. God is not only holy, he is awesome. He is Awesomely holy, the seraphims, the seraph, the, the seraphs say, said or sang about each other, holy, holy, holy. Isaiah was in the very presence of a living God who was holy. The presence of God Almighty will change and should change us deeply and forever. It is in God's holy presence where everything begins. In his holiness is where my iniquities are transformed. It's in his presence when my failures, my weaknesses can be changed by his power. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. When you hear a truth through preaching and it hits your soul, your mind, your heart, your life, that was not Daniel. We have a joke between Daniel and I. Daniel and I. The joke is that we're so happy that one day in heaven we're going to be perfect. I don't like his face. <laughs> he don't like mine. That's okay. I can live with that. But uh, when we come to his presence, when I'm here 
in the very presence of God, worshiping with you. Sometimes I see him and I'm like, he's not too bad. Sometimes I don't understand you, Stacy. Why did you marry him? That's when I am in the presence of God only. <laughs> Otherwise, it will be different. What is the purpose of our gathering today? First Sunday of the year. What is the purpose of this meeting? The checklist? Church, first Sunday of the year. No. Please. Yeah, Pastor Daniel, I'm sorry. He will say, please come over. I will say, come to the right place with the right attitude. Even if you are brokenhearted, come over. He will fix you. Because the presence of God will fix everything and anyone. That's what we need this year. That's why we need to be, to be very focused on the very presence of God. Yes, we're going to be uh, uh, doing amazing things because we're going to be going to many different places, helping many different uh, Af Afghanistan people. But most of all, it's because we are living in the very presence of God. The action of every man after seeing God in his holiness should be revival. Revival equals to ren being renovated, being renewed, being alive. Did you know, did you know that it took seven years before Kari baptized his first converted guy in India? It took seven years before Judson won the first disciple in Burma. Morrison waited seven years in China to see the first converted for Jesus? Why they wait seven years? Because they were trying to put themselves in the very presence of God. Everything comes from having a vision of who God is. Number two, from verses from uh, five to seven, we find forgiveness in the presence of God. Isaiah was horrified of his unholiness. Do you see that? He was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a dead man. I can't be here. I'm looking at him as he is. And I'm not dead. Sometimes our fears are more stronger than the facts that God loves you no matter what. If I could share with you how many different times I have been failing to God, you will be surprised. You will, you will be telling me, get out of the pulpit, amigo. We find forgiveness in his presence. God calls us to be holy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 7, Leviticus eleven forty four. We have dwelt contempt in impurity and justified our sins for too long. God called us out of our comfort zone. He wants for us to be holy. The Old Testament talks about the holy place, the tabernacle. 
God was meeting with men in the tabernacle. Then um, David, Solomon, they built up the temple. And God was dwelling into the temple after the holy, uh, the, 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 um, the priest, the, the main priest, how do you say that? The high priest will be doing all of this uh, purification ceremony and the glory of God will come down. But the New Testament gives us a different taste of what is God's presence. The New Testament closes up in chapter 22 of Revelations that God dwells within the man. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says that we are the temple of who? Of God. God dwells within us. How is that? How we become the holy ground of God. I'll tell you why. His love endures forever. He will be chasing you always. Failure after failure. He will be chasing your son, your daughter, your grand great-granddaughter, whoever you pray for, God will be chasing them. Why is that? Because his presence will give them forgiveness. And I know what I'm talking about. I have a daughter, and I pray for this beautiful daughter of mine every day, that God will take care of my daughter. And he will. Not because I'm faithful. It's because he is faithful. Through salvation, by grace and faith, we are positioned as a holy in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 11. But that doesn't mean that we will always live holy lives. God calls upon us to grow in holiness as we progress in sanctification. We will never serve God fully without holiness. Like Isaiah, be overcome by God's holiness, then be aware and be cleaned by the Holy Spirit. Do you see that picture? Isaiah was in the very presence of God. He is uh, afraid that he will be Killed by the presence of God because his unholy lives and life. You know what happened next? Do you see any kind of a, a bubble, uh, any kind of a word saying like, God, please clean me? Do you know what happened right after he was in the presence of God? God allowed this angel, seraphim, to come to the altar, grab a very uh, um, born coil from the altar and put him on his lips. And the angel declare, you are clean. You are forgiven. What I'm saying with that is that once we get into the presence of God, things happen. The unclean, and you're looking the Mexican, become holy through the sacrifice of the blood of the lamb which represents the altar. Are you with me? Are you here, church, still? Okay. 
There is one thing that God wants for you to learn and relearn maybe today. We can't hide from God's holiness. We can't. If we go to the stores, he's up there. If you go to the center of the earth, he's there. I don't know, we have the wrong conception like a <gasps> heaven, hell. You know, many of us, we read in, in the science books, like uh, in the very center of the earth, it's burning, right? And we have the tendency to think like, uh, you will not go heaven, you will go hell. Heaven is where God is. Hell is where Satan is, right? I hope we all will go to heaven. How amazing Isaiah, how amazing Isaiah, not only learning firsthand that that day that God is awesomely holy, he learned that God is also totally forgiven. Did you notice how God did that? Everything because Isaiah was able to look up and find out that God was right there where he was. Finally, verse 8. God asked, who will go for us? We find our purpose in the presence of God. Once God reveals himself to us, and has begun the work of revival in our heart by releasing his pardon to us, then we are ready to be part of his will. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Isaiah answered, Here, am, here I am. Send me. I say you are remind faithful to God's purpose for him, and, and it all begun in the presence of God. The Bible makes us clear that the presence of God is a central goal in God's redemption mission. All of God's work ends with the Lord dwelling in a man. And the second, the presence of God is not only an objective, it's, all, it's also the means by which the redemptive mission is fulfilled. God writes himself into his own story to bring salvation. To understand our Bibles and how it changed us, we need to understand what the presence of God is. Accordingly to the church, accordingly, the church has two clear purposes. Number one, the church works within itself for the sanctification of its members to prepare God's people for God's presence and future uh, presence. And number two, the church works externally to share the gospel for so the lost may enjoy God's presence now and forever as well. I love when uh, David mentioned in Psalm 1611, in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The Bible is clear that 
all of life, especially the gospel-centered life, it's about being in God's relational presence. God's presence is here right now. And it's ready to change lives. This is my prayer for us, amigos, for this year, for the next 363 days ahead. Lord, let us walk in your presence. Help us to see you lifted up. Help us to know you deeper and better. Lord Jesus, let me see a glimpse of your glorious presence. Lord, I am desperate for your presence. Father, I need you. I need your loving arms around my daughter. I want for you to change my life, my marriage, my family, my church, and the world as well. I don't know what God is telling you in this very moment, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is it's God's presence what we all need to overcome all of the challenges we're going to present. As the worship team comes over, please, worship team, I want you to think only in one, one thing. Are you working? Are you walking? Like if you would be in the very presence of God. Maybe today you may need some help. Maybe today a simple prayer will change everything in your life. You know, what is my favorite um, prayer? Simple as this. Lord, I need you. Give me what I don't have. Take away what I don't need. There is something in your life holding you up. I hope this is not the moment when you don't let God be God. I hope this moment will be the moment when you will say, I'm here, God. I need to be for my wife. I need to be here for my daughter. I need to be here for you, God. Lord, I am here. You need some help? Please stand up. Please, all of you guys, stand up. I'm going to pray for the ones who may need some help. Maybe it's you, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your son, your daughter. I don't know. But if you have any need, 
we're going to pray for all of you. Please close your eyes. And think about the presence of God. If you need some help, just raise your hand. If not, just raise your spirit up to God and tell him, God, I need you. Father, many different people in this place they have the need of your presence. They don't need me, Ethan, Paul, Daniel. They need you. We all need you, Father. And in this very moment, we want to leave everything, everything, everyone in your hands, including our own selves. Lord, 20... 22. It's a year where we will, we will let you do what, what you are the best doing. You want to be God. I want to see you, Lord. I need you. I need for you to fix things in my life, things in my family. I want to see you, Lord. We desperate need you. This world needs you. And I want, I want, Father, to shine in the middle of the darkness that we live in. Because you are our only hope. You are our God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the North Roanoke podcast. You can connect with us at northroanoke.org or download our app in your device's app store. Just search for North Roanoke. We hope to meet you soon.